0: combat enthusiasts to another electrifying episode of havoc rundown the podcast where sparks fly metal clashes and the thrill of robot combat takes center stage i'm your host justin and we're diving headfirst into the heart of the mechanical mayhem that is nhrl from titanium titans to steel gladiators havoc rundown is your front row seat to the adrenaline pumping world of robot combat whether you're a seasoned engineer a casual fan or just someone who loves the smell of bot carnage in the morning you're in for a wild ride Each week we'll be dissecting the latest bot battles, breaking down the strategies that led to victory, and interviewing the masterminds behind these robot combatants. We're not just talking nuts and bolts here, we're delving into the stories behind these mechanical warriors and the genius minds who bring them to life. Expect exclusive interviews with NHRL's brightest stars, behind-the-scenes stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat, and expert analysis that goes beyond the arena. This isn't just a podcast, it's the Havoc Rundown. I am not alone, though. Joining me this episode is... He loves being a mail carrier so much. His new robot is mail-themed. It's Ryan Hunter. Yeah! Hello. (laughs) Thanks, Ryan. Uh, (laughs) She could do it all from pit organization to mascot. It's Ashley Beckman. Yeah! Uh, He's our master of freestyle fun. It's Thomas Carroll.
1: Yeah! Is I, the one who runs the freestyle? (laughs) Oh, my god.
0: (laughs) Uh if you know if you need a cage, he's the guy to talk to, it's Tony Baker. Yeah everybody. And our special guest this episode, he's so good he can run an event with a blindfold on, it's Jimmy Gibson. Hello,
2: how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Blindfold of January? Can I just say that this feels like very odd because most of the time when we're in this camera situation, it's me talking about how we're going to make the event go. And uh, I don't know, it's a, uh, it's like, we'll just start the, the pre-event pit, pit meeting we do. No, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so a quick blurb for the news. Uh, The next NHRL event is the first event of the year. It's on January 20th. This will be a new bots event, which means only robots that have never competed before NHRL are able to register. This event will be using new rules set out for 2024, which includes new rules for everything from registration to combat. This will also be Ryan and my first event back in the competitor seat since we will both be bringing a beetle. Uh, We'll be seeing some new concepts as well as some fully redesigned bots like Division is coming back as Division uh, 4.0, I believe, Seth is bringing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit more about what this year has in store during our hot take section which uh, again as we were talking earlier before i started recording i have to we got to rename that because it's not hot really hot takes all the time so i'll figure Cold something takes. else out um since it's january this is our new year show so uh not quite pre-event but we don't have any past events to talk about yet uh we thought this was the perfect time to bring on one of the architects of these events who's responsible for making everything work and is instrumental in getting events to happen in the first place jimmy's the head of operations right jimmy that's correct you're head of operations
2: uh, director of tournament operations okay. and project management So. i knew there was
0: operations in there somewhere Uh, He has a background in running some amazing events, but uh, I'll let him tell everyone about that. Um, But before we begin, we have an icebreaker question that we ask every guest. Um, This has nothing to do with robot combat. Um, It's just a question that we ask every single guest to uh, to just gauge where they are. Um, If you could be given a superpower, but it has to be an off-brand superpower, so something weird, not like flying or speed, what would it be? Just a
2: weird power. Oh man, um, could it, I think, man, the first thing that comes to mind is like the secret world of Alex Mack, like change into a puddle and like move around, but you could like be sly about it and just like, I don't know, no, that, I don't like that. That's a tough <laughs> just, one to drop Just on
0: not me. maple syrup. Please not maple syrup, okay? <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs>
0: Sam decided um, he was going to be the maple syrup wizard, basically. No, so... he shot maple syrup from his stomach. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah sam always has some like incredible answers for this one i don't know man if if i a superpower uh uh this is kind of lame but i think it would be awesome uh just to be like have like the perfect golf swing i don't know is that, that that's bad that's no, not bad. that's not that! No, no. Be a, not
0: no like because brand. you can make money with that power. Are you kidding You're me? Golfing, if you could have the power to have the perfect golf swing, no, you can just go and dominate Taurus.
1: Jimmy's golfing. Like, he's like, wait,
0: 800 wait.
1: meters that way.
0: Oh, wait. Hit
1: <laughs> Hits yeah. him in the head with a golf ball. I
0: mean, Hawkeye, I don't know. Hawkeye like the, is in the Avengers. Yeah, it's fine. You're just yeah. Hawkeye yeah. with a golf ball, that's all. <laughs>
1: Dude, Hawkeye yeah, is like a Marvel or like a hero and that's the best they could come up with. This is real life. <laughs> Golf ball is way cool in real life.
2: <laughs> Man, I don't, I'm trying to like think practically though. Like, what's like a random superpower that I'm kind of short? I can't really jump too high, so maybe like I could reach for things like stretch Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Arm? No, I don't know. That's kind of a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I like the golf ball thing. Teams. The golf ball thing. Is, yeah, it, yeah, that's that's yeah. a good answer. I like that.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. So let's get into the, the actual uh, questions, the, the main part of the episode. Um, so we're before I've kind of taken over this section. So we decided that uh, I, have kind of assigned different questions to different people. So everyone has their question. Um, so the first one I'm going to start us off, uh, you are a huge part in making these events possible and everyone who has been around NHRL or works there knows how much uh, you do taking a step back though. Can you tell us a bit about your history? Cause you've told us as a group, but can you tell everyone that's listening a bit about your history and what you did before NHRL that brought you to where you are today?
2: Yeah, well, absolutely. It was a, it was a cold early February night um 1987 (laughs) uh no i'm uh yeah so i was born and raised in oklahoma i went to school at oklahoma state um in high school and college i had always worked events in some capacity whether it be um like various student council things uh but i went to a big school and ran a lot of really cool events and i kind of just liked doing it so Went to Oklahoma State. Um, was in school there for a while. Didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but I ended up getting a degree in sports management and I was working at a golf course in Oklahoma uh, after college, just kinda helping out, working at the golf course. I would work in caddy in the summer times and then the winter times I'd do ground screw work. Uh, and then about a year and a half or two after I got out of college, I got an internship working a U.S. Open golf tournament and also a PGA championship golf tournament. And that was just really cool. Um, I got to move out of Oklahoma for the first time in my life, went to Philadelphia and worked the most gnarliest U.S. Open golf championship logistically there has been in like 20, 30 years. And I just was kind of like sadistic and fell in love with it and said, how do I, how do I be the person that kind of runs this? And I ended up working a lot of golf events for a couple of years. And then in 2015 I was hired on full time as an operations manager for the U S open golf championship. And I would move around the country every year or two years. Uh, but basically what I did was I'd moved to these golf courses and figure out how to build a small city on them um and I did that for like eight nine years and it was a lot of fun really tough but then COVID happened and kind of I met my wife and wanted to stay in New York so I quit doing that and I worked for a couple of events company in Westchester and then I worked at Madison Square Garden for a little bit just kind of like helping out at the arena being a guest services supervisor so like I would make sure people got to their seats and address any like safety and security issues and stuff like that. But that was pretty sweet as a guy from Oklahoma, like getting yelled at by twenty thousand New Yorkers every <laughs> single day. It is a yeah, lot of fun just walking there. Um, and then yeah, I was just kind of. I think it was what was it? Uh, early twenty 2020, twenty. It's twenty twenty four. Yeah, I guess it was around this time in 2022, I had applied to this job on LinkedIn and got to talking to Kelly and uh, said, I'd be happy to help out with, you know, getting some of the events like a little bit more spectator friendly. And so for the first half of 2022, I was helping out kind of get everything a little bit more organized and kind of figure out where things were And then middle of 2022, I was hired on full-time as Director of Tournament Operations and Project Management. And I think we've done some pretty incredible things in the year and a half now, almost two years I've been here. But I don't know. I just have like a really weird, diverse background of events. And I've done a lot of really gnarly things. And I'm really trying to help an HRL kind of get out into the world more. So.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Ryan, uh Jimmy kind of answered the first half of yes. your question, but if you want to <laughs> ask the second part, what's it what has what has it been like being thrown into the chaos that is anyterror uh, all events?
2: Well, um for me, I don't know, it's wild. Like that first year double elimination, like those were some long nights and I'm used to working long nights, but uh it was just like those events were long and wild and like the one thing is like the craziest thing is when you jump into an opportunity like this and i'm thankful to have kelly being our ceo she really guides us well but there's so many things we could do like focus on it's like easy to get like spread thin which um like i said is easy to do but there's just like so much we want to do and having to like be able to pick and choose the right things at the right time and execute those like that's kind of the toughest thing because I think we've always said this there's so much awesome stuff associated with NHRL that we're trying to do it's just kind of like it's uh it's a lot so and there's not a lot of people doing the work Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like we're a small team I don't mean to say that in any sort of way it's just like there's a handful of like really super talented people uh kind of steering this and it's a lot of fun and we all have a lot of very diverse backgrounds and uh yeah it's kinda it's fun and interesting as we've gone through this journey and I don't know, it's a lot of fun. I met a lot of friends like I mean you all and Sam and Rob and everybody I work with so
0: I i think that's really one thing to be said for a lot of the people at work. Like most of the team is really behind the scenes people, but I mean every single person that I've met and I've like talked to for a little while about where they came from, what they're doing is like, wow. Like, so you, you actually know what you're doing. Like you're really into this. Like yeah. you're, you're a very talented person behind, like it's a small team, but like every single person's like, oh, you were like doing this high end thing and now you're doing NHRL and that's awesome.
2: Yeah. And, and that's, I think a testament to where Austin and Kelly see this as going is like bringing in the high level high talent people who've done incredible things all over the world of, you know, business, sports, media. I mean, like it's a, it's pretty incredible. And I think that, you know, 2023 was a good year for us. We grew a lot within our own limits and we figured out a lot of stuff. And I'm really excited for, for 2024 and more excited beyond that, because I think uh, we're taking steps in the right direction. In a in a lot of ways, and I'm I'm super excited for this year. So and it's fun. I've learned a lot. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We all learn a lot from each other. So that's it's it's a pretty cool experience. Awesome.
0: Top. I think that's you now, Thomas. So, uh, what's your
2: wait? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. <laughs> I have a question for you.
1: Oh, I've an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the correct answer, but it's an answer. Pick of the week. What happened this week? Pick of the week. Oh, oh my! Lock uh, pick my pick my favorite pick. lock that I picked. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, there was a guy that brought a Subaru on a flatbed to the shop because he lost his key, but it was Was the second time he lost his key for the same vehicle. So it's the (laughs) second time he towed it to our shop. Um, I mean, based off of like how his breath smelled, I'm pretty sure he, um, was an alcoholic, but it's okay. I'm not giving any identifying information. So (laughs) there was that, Uh yeah, you know, I would have to say that was probably, that was probably the the big one. I mean, like for. 45
2: oh, the uh, year is young, you'll have yeah. some okay. wild ones.
1: <laughs> oh, oh wait, what, I'm not torturing him, yeah, I'm giving you a normal question. Oh, okay. Later oh. <laughs> Uh So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what it's like running operations at Norwalk, both during the day at the events and in between events? Like we all know that you have your
2: laptop and you're around, but when we don't see you, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, I have my laptop and I'm running around. Um, no, so basically, I mean, I guess I can talk about a little bit about, like, our event cycle. So, right now we're looking at Norwalk events every 45-ish, two months, something like that, 60 days. Uh, what we do is, like, we'll just start, an event ends, we usually spend a week cleaning, taking inventory, making sure everything's, like, somewhat put back together and clean. And then we work on any projects in between. And then we have about, there's like a two-week lock thing we do where we try to get everything done two weeks out from the event so we can test everything and do all the finite stuff. Um, We do a lot of testing of our cameras, our internet, all of our button boxes, ref terminals, everything like that. Um, And then usually that two weeks, like this next week we're swapping out Cage floors, putting in the new ones that have been painted, and then we start testing all of our production equipment, making sure everything like turns on, all the TVs in the building. I think the the past couple of events have shown that we've gotten pretty good at kind of making sure everything works the way it needs to, and we've made some improvements in the short time between All Stars and the event in two weeks, even with the holiday that we're excited um, about, and then. Yeah, the week of is just really like making sure everything's ready. We have like a huge checklist that we just go over, um, check everything in the pits, safety. All the safety equipment is restocked usually week after. But yeah, once we hit like Wednesday, everything's pretty much in place. Thursday, we're kind of just figuring out last minute stuff, getting stuff printed off. And then Friday morning now is pretty easy. Um, by that point, everything's in place, you guys. Roll in, and then the builders start coming in at noon. I really enjoy Fridays; it's a lot of fun. If people come in at noon, we're open from noon to nine on Fridays before the event, and it's really fun. I think a lot of people have started doing that more and more, and it's it's nice to have an opportunity to like chat with people. I think that that's it's a fun thing to do on the Fridays, and the more people get through safety, the better my Saturday is, which is crazy. I usually wake up at about. hit the road by like 5.15, try to be in Norwalk at 6, and we open the doors, and then the day starts going, and I don't know. Event days, events are always wild for me. I've always been just on edge because I've always kind of been a person in charge, and like if anything goes wrong, you have to be quick to react and make the right decision um, and rely on your team to help you make the right decision and stuff but I think we've gotten really good at kind of like managing what goes on in the pits and all the fights recently and it definitely takes a load of stress off but uh yeah I don't know I'm just wound up I'm always wound up you guys know you're working at the pit (laughs) desk and we're down to the like last two fights of the night and I'm like where is everybody like (laughs) like I don't know but yeah no and then we just kind of start that cycle over but like I said in between the events like The Norwalk events are pretty, we've got it down to an art now. Um, So those are pretty lock and key, or I don't think that's the right term, but those are pretty easy to turn over. And one thing I'm doing, and I'm sure we'll touch on it later, is uh, trying to get all these non-Norwalk events figured out um, and take this puppy on the road, bring NHRL to the masses. But yeah.
0: Cool. Very cool. Ashley, that's you. What?
3: What kind of challenges do you have each event, and what was one of the biggest hurdles you ever had to overcome?
2: Ah, uh, uh, wait, we'll say the first part again.
3: <laughs> what kind of challenges do you have every event?
0: Um, we swear this isn't Ooh. a job interview, Jimmy. I know uh, it sounds like no, it. I'm, I'm really no. good at, at writing <laughs> no. job in interview like, questions. We figured what? Out. No,
2: challenges. no, what are the challenges? Um... I don't know. I just think there's, there's always just like, it's not even a challenge. It's fun. Like I, there's always a lot to do and I thrive on getting more crap thrown at me and just being like, I got you, I'll go figure it out. No big deal. Like I've always been that person where I'm extremely nice and positive and let me know what you need and let me go help you. And in this weird way, (laughs) and this is kind of something I've always thought of it's like events to me are like quest games or rpgs where you have one goal and you're trying to succeed that goal but along the way i'm constantly picking up side quests like you know i like hey we need an extension cord over here i'm like got it put it on my list go get it drop it off to you all this stuff like i have a lot of fun doing that and so I guess that's not really a challenge, though, so I kind of didn't answer the question.
4: Um, you see Jimmy walking around with a side quest bar filled up <laughs> next to him. Exactly, <laughs> that's yeah. That's
2: literally what I'm going to see
0: now. So, so whenever you finish something, should we just, like, reward you a certain amount of XP? A, yeah.
2: Cookie. Yeah.
0: a cookie for Jimmy. A cookie for Jimmy.
2: <laughs> no, um, what are challenges challenges? Uh, it's just... The one thing that always weighs on me, and this is kind of like a weird self thing, but my biggest challenge is I always want everybody to be happy and it's really hard to keep everybody happy when we have a thousand spectators now, uh, 500 builders in the pits, 50, 60 staff members. uh, So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What um... was the second half of your question? (laughs) What was the
3: biggest (laughs) hurdle you've ever had to overcome putting an event on?
2: Like here
0: or in general?
4: in general
0: huh? oh uh, uh wait
4: you had a better one than march when everything crashed
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that thing that that was terrible but in the grand scheme of things we tried to we tried to do a lot and all the pieces didn't line up like we hope but i've been in, like ah like i get in 2006 well, it happened in 2013 and 16. I um, working at this a golf event and, like, the heavens opened up and it rained so much. Like, in Philadelphia, 2013, in the first week of June, it doubled the annual normal amount of, like, summer rainfall in one week before the event. And it was terrible. And the same thing happened at my golf event 2016 at Oakmont U.S. Open where it just rained for, like, two days and, like as the operations guy, like, doesn't matter if it was like wet, dry, whatever. If people were playing golf, there was going to be 50,000 people come through the door. And like both of those events, I just spent like countless hours laying out mulch and hay and backhoes and stuff. And I had people just walking by as I'm like covered in mud, throwing down hay to cover up the mud. And people are like, smells like a barn in here. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) but I don't know. It's just you too, but oh, not
0: going to beat that. But those, gotta,
2: that yeah, but no, those were just like those were like wild operational like curveballs that like you schedule an event like in golf, those things are scheduled ten years out, and like you're having it there unless a pandemic happens, which did. Oh, that was actually. Let me take that back. The craziest event thing was the Friday before COVID. We stopped all building which was going to start on the monday like we quit i think it was like march 13th is when we were like let's not do this and see what happens and then like a week later everything went sideways but we worked all summer because we ended up being the first like mass sporting event in the state of new york after covid happened was the us open we didn't have fans but i mean we still got to host like an incredible golf Tournament that was like one of the only sporting events in New York after everything went down, and that was kind of wild. We had to like scrap everything and just like start from the ground up, and about like a, a month and a half period, uh, once we got like an okay that we could host that event, and we did, and nobody got sick, and it was it was cool. And it was my last one, so I was I was proud of that one.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Initial events or cake, <laughs>
0: <laughs> stuff's
2: easy. Sometimes stuff gets some plugs and it all goes haywire, but for the most part, everything is pretty, pretty good.
4: So, so Jimmy, you've talked about how, like, it's about 45 to 60 days between events. Mm-hmm. Well, this past year, we had our championship in November, mm-hmm. and then, like, three weeks later, mm-hmm. we had All-Stars. Mm-hmm. It trying to plan and organize All-Stars in three weeks?
0: Okay, Jimmy's um, mm-hmm, like he he just Tony started talking and and, and, and Jimmy's like I know what's coming. Jimmy's oh. So as soon as he started No,
2: um I think I think to say it was planned in 3 weeks uh, doesn't give uh credit to kind of it it had been planned for a long time. I think just as time went on, uh, there were so many variables that and kind of like, you know, we had finals and we wanted to do finals big we kind of thought of a new format for how to operate finals with our you know our three round prelims uh so there was a lot of attention put in the finals and all stars at the same time but it was kind of like we wanted to finish strong with finals and once we got through finals a lot of the variables had like fallen into place so we had to we had to act quick just because we were on the heel of another event um but it was a lot of fun. And All Stars was like, I think I can speak for builders, staff, and the spectators who came. Uh, it was pretty sweet. Like it was a lot of fun. It was a nice chill vibe. We tried a lot of new things. And I think we learned a lot and some things we're going to do again in the future, some things we might not. But I think, you know, we're just trying something new, trying to end the uh, 2023 on some experimentation and i think uh i think it was a lot of fun but boy howdy it is uh it it was it kind of hits you in the face because like you do finals and then it's like yeah get everything ready for all-stars like operationally speaking there is a lot of work that we usually do five weeks at a time they got condensed to like two almost two and a half so like that's Painting all the cage floors and everything had new stencils. So that's people painting that, uh, refilling all the safety equipment. We took down half of our pits. We built a bunch of new games for our pits tailgate and stuff like, just uh, that was fun. That was a little bit last minute, like the pit tailgate ideas. And, you know, I was asking you all, but we had some really cool games and stuff up there that we're gonna carry over to like, yeah, that was sweet. It was Um, bot soccer my personal favorite ring toss thing. Um, but we're gonna carry some of that stuff over into this year and yeah. But what's crazy is like All Stars was done on the seventh. So we cleaned for like a couple days and then it was like the holiday and it's two weeks. And then they got back in the office on Monday. And now the train has left the station for 2024. We have an event in 13 days. Don't
0: remind mm-hmm. me, Jimmy. I'm good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. so please to be reminded.
2: <laughs> so, but hey, you know what's a benefit is it's a leap year, so we get an extra day in February. Mm-hmm. So, so that's when the extra <laughs> February day event the, is happening, the, right? <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's uh, it's all good. It was, it's fun. I love planning events and like it's fun to multitask and like even right now and technically, you know, we have all the Norwalk events lined up. But uh, actively trying to find events around the country and stuff and doing that in like four or five different regions at once. So yeah, it's fun.
0: So we know planning these events can be stressful sometimes. Do you have something that you do to unwind or unplug from NHRO? Uh, <laughs> I
2: don't know, play with my dogs. Um you know, I play a lot of play a lot of FIFA my PlayStation Five. I've been in the City Skylines kick for the past week. So I've been building a city, but no, I don't know. Just coming home, watching TV with my wife, pretty much.
3: So you cuddling with your dogs on Instagram. It's adorable. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> when it gets nice out, like summertime, I'm always out outside, like going to the beach with my dogs and stuff, so they're my little stressful relievers. <laughs> this is from now, Junebug.
0: Now, now, can I slightly deviate us? I'm curious, How are you playing one or two? For City Skylines. On the PS5
2: (laughs) remastered. Okay, good, 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 good. You're playing the good one then. Okay, good. (laughs) I just I don't have like a gaming PC, so I don't have uh, Skylines 2. And I figure by Mm -hmm. the time it does come out on console, it'll be like good enough, maybe. And some stuff will be fixed. One would
0: hope. One would hope. Right now it's it's my first city and it's very annoying.
2: (laughs) Yeah. My wife is funny she's like she's like you're on your cycle of like you're gonna play this game non-stop for like three weeks and then you're gonna get bad traffic and then you're gonna get pissed off and you're gonna set it down for another six months and then do it all again and i'm like not this time <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm gonna build monorails from the beginning <laughs>
2: i have a huge monorail it's awesome
0: okay yeah. sorry that was my deviation Uh, Um, Do you have a favorite or maybe a few favorite robots from those that compete?
2: um, A favorite
0: kind, maybe? I like
2: Project Liftoff. I think that one's just, like, really cool. The noise and just, like, how that thing operates. And I... My dad is a big Flaming Lips fan. And he is, like, kind of really likes uh, the Yoshimi bot. And I've talked to him a lot and gotten to know him pretty well. And uh, I showed my dad the TikTok that we put out on him and uh, about their taxi, their self, isn't that right? The self-driving taxi yes.
0: company? Yeah, he works um, on self-driving taxi. Yeah.
2: he was like, that's the guy. He's like, He's like, that guy's awesome. So <laughs> I like, I like them. And uh, I don't know. It's tough. I don't, I like Maximizer. I think Jake has a really cool, unique robot. Um, but i don't know there's just so many and like they're all so unique and cool and for me it's like tough to have any like favorites or anything but not I, favorites but
0: i don't but, think we've gone an episode without mentioning maximizer yet yeah, i think yeah, he's mentioned
2: no. it every single birthday
3: today so yeah. happy,
0: happy birthday <laughs> Uh, so. Jay's gonna get kick, a kick out of that. I'm pretty sure he's been mentioned every single episode. <laughs> sneak it in now. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: okay. We can't stop now.
0: Yeah. Hey listeners, I'll get you back to the episode in a minute, but first I want to talk to you about something important. You have probably heard us talk about the robot merch we are wearing, or seen teams at NHRL with some amazingly designed shirts and gear, and said to yourself, wow, I would really love one of those. Well, you are in luck, because a majority of the merchandise you are seeing is being made by Robots Ruin My Life, which is owned and operated by friend of the show, Anthony D'Ambrosio. This is a merchandise and customization shop specializing in robot combat team gear. Ever wanted to get your hands on a Ripperoni t-shirt or a Starshire jacket? Well, head on over to robotsroommylife.com today. Again, that's robotsroommylife.com for all of your BattleBots and NHRL merchandise. Check it out and let us know what team apparel you love to see in the comments. Okay, back to the episode! Um uh, Tom, the next one's yours.
1: Uh did you know anything about robot combat before starting at NHRL? And what has it been like having to learn how some of these robots work what goes into fighting them? How long it takes to put a top plate on, how long it takes to connect the battery.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um you know, I will give the general answer you ask anybody who says I've I've seen BattleBots, I watched BattleBots growing up. With my dad. My dad loved it. We watched a lot of Discovery and Comedy Central. Like, I really liked uh BattleBots. I love that show Junkyard Wars. We used to watch a lot of like uh in a lot of mythbusters together, so kind of everything. But no, I honestly, I mean, that's about it. And like I said, I I wanted to try something new. It seemed like an interesting opportunity. And like right when I got in, it uh it was pretty eye-opening I don't know it's um I guess working the events I was kind of focused at first but once I got everything a little bit figured out like really getting to know the people and like observe the robots and kind of like figure out how they operate my mind's just like blown and I've had an opportunity to drive a couple of people's robots the past couple of events just like in the test cages and stuff here and there and like I am not an engineer. I, I like to solve problems in kind of like a different way, like on, like kind of on the fly, be more agile. And like, I mean, we plan all these events and stuff, but like just the thought process that all these builders have and the creativity, it's like absolutely insane to me. And I'm really honored to like be around that because I feel like it kind of like soaks into me and makes me a little smarter like I learn things all the time from people and it's just really cool and like all the diverse backgrounds and people and just like all the stories that I've like heard and stuff and like just getting to know people is like it's uh I don't know it's pretty cool but yeah I don't know I feel mm, I wish I had the time to build a bot but Make I don't know what I'd build. Would
1: you drive an wow, would you that leads perfectly into
3: my amp? next question. If <laughs> you did have that what? time to make your own robot, what weight class would you build for, and what would you do?
2: Oh, man, I don't know. I would <laughs> I'd probably do like a like a three-pound something easy. Um, I don't know. I like, I like the emulsifier bot. To, wait, no. What was it? Uh... I like knockoff white. Like that big hammer they have, like thing. I'd like to do that. Has somebody I'm sure somebody's already done that, but as like a three pound. Um I don't know. And I've talked to Rob and Sam about this a lot, and I just don't know what I wanna do because there's so many different options that like you almost have to like sit down and just like really think and I'm I don't know. <laughs> I need something that like reflects me too.
0: A golfing oh.
2: robot.
3: Soccer bot. Yeah,
2: just a robot that yeah, has like swings. a hammer. <laughs>
3: it's
2: like a hammer. Yeah. Or it yeah. could be a projectile bot. I don't know. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not you, you prepared could... for that question.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard question when it comes down to
1: it. Why are there no golf ball pitching machines? That's
2: the end world needs. <laughs> what would I do? I don't know, but I tell you what, it would have like a four-wheel drive or track, because I don't understand how people can drive on like two wheels. And stuff. That stuff's hard.
0: Yeah, I mean, two-wheel drive is is just—it's the same as four without the amount of control you get because you're kind of worrying about like the drag on the front. And yeah, there's a whole thing to go into it. I mean, two-wheel drive is just harder for, but it also then gives you the ability to lose some of the weight that the other wheels would give, and it's an easier drive system. Or you could do what I did and instead of losing weight by doing two wheel drive, instead you gain back all the weight you would have had with four wheel drive by making your, uh, a two wheel drive that's not actually direct driven and also (laughs) with heavier wheels for more traction. And you can just be dumb like that, but you know, that's just sometimes what you have to do. Ryan went to go build his bot and he went, what's the hardest thing I can do for every single piece of this bot? (laughs) <laughs> like it's literally, it's it's been such such a brain teaser for him to get this bot done because he's like, I want to do it this way, and it's like that is the hardest way, but I want to do it this way. That's <laughs> yeah. what I want.
2: <laughs> but that's kind of like it all leads back to like the it's like I am not a robot builder or engineer. I like making things go and running events, and like I think that's kind of the beauty of that. Is, Charles is like I. Don't know how to do anything that you all do or any of the builders do per se, but like I love to put on events for you all and everyone, and like it's uh, I don't know, it's it's cool to be around. Like I said, soaking it in.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's not the kind of problem solving. Building a bot has been, in my experience, building a bot. In my experience, is more of like uh, drawing something on a whiteboard and then realizing that it doesn't fit on that whiteboard, so you have to erase the whole thing and then draw it again. And then you realize that this line shouldn't be over here, it needs to be over here, and then you have to erase the whole thing and draw it again. And you just hit your head against the wall until you go to sleep. And then you do it again. And that's building a robot.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I, tell, I think- I, Well, I tell you what though, I think, well, whenever Eric, the Academy bot, comes out in the near future, I'm doing one, so- yes. Yeah. At this point next year, you can I might be coming maker. for you. Yeah.
0: I saw the prototypes. <laughs> I saw the prototypes when I was uh, at 50 last week. Um, they they look pretty cool. I saw one yeah. the
1: prototypes at the ceiling at the <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: Yeah, but before we before we get on to uh, Tony's question, I think you should do something that like takes a clipboard and whacks other bots with a clipboard. <laughs> Or a laptop, or either way. <laughs> or a laptop. An old app
4: doesn't have a top plate.
0: No, I was Definitely just thinking like destroy the top
2: plate.
0: Or the yeah. top plate is an old MacBook.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> just slammed on the thing. Still have that. I'm gonna take that uh, I'm gonna take that iPhone that uh, Tommy chopped up at All Stars. I'm going to take that to the Apple store this week and see if Apple works. <laughs> <laughs> no, no <laughs> we still have it, it still works, but the battery doesn't charge. So, like, we're totally going to just like walk up to Sono Apple store I, I, and be I, like,
0: yes. they have.
1: Oh. Oh, there's one in Trumbull. <laughs> there's, there's probably one at the Sono collection, honestly. What, uh,
0: what about the <laughs> phone that got burnt? You should take that back to the <laughs> Apple store. <laughs> I don't know. Here you go. I, he, I, kidding. Kidding. I, Weird I stole Coca Cola on it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I and tried no putting thing.
0: in rice already, and nothing. <laughs> yeah. I accidentally cooked the rice. I don't know. Yeah, uh
4: Tony. So we've talked about some of your actual favorite events, and I, I I'm going to change this question slightly. It was supposed to be what event would you never forget? Running, but I have a feeling that would be the COVID event actually. So. I'm going to say, I'm going to ask, what is your favorite or event or the one you would never forget that you ran in college
2: or high school? Hmm. Um, Let me see.
0: So, like, one of your first events? Is yeah. that what you're asking, Tony? Yeah. Like, one of the
4: events that, like, got you really
2: interested in doing this stuff. I so, like that. Good question, yeah. Tony. Uh, I, honestly, I think it was probably, like, my senior year of high school, I was student council spirit vice president and I graduated with a thousand people and I was in charge of like eight or nine events and I was in charge of pep rallies and these pep rallies we did were like super extravagant and like the local news would come to them and stuff and like I think doing those and like just kind of being on the sideline with a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> like making sure everything like was going the way it needed to and like everything hit its mark and like everything was prepared it was just kind of like a like a cool little adrenaline rush for me as a as a young lad and I carried it over in college just doing like some random fraternity sorority stuff and community stuff here and there but uh I always like I don't know. It's fun. I like setting up things for people to enjoy and then just being like, take this, and then I just like disappear in the background. Yeah. So
0: Are are you like the best birthday party planner ever? Is that like below is that like
2: below your skill level at this point? Like I mean I don't know. I haven't really planned too many birthday parties to be honest. But I'm sure they'd be kick ass.
0: I should have you plan my wedding. Oh, that would have been so much easier. <laughs> I didn't planning <laughs> no,
1: he told me that's yeah. his favorite thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what do you think is the most important change that has been made since you started or the thing you are most proud of contributing to NHRO? I just,
2: uh, I think our growth last year was really cool and like how we grew and early part of 2023 and we just like people kept signing up and people kept coming and the registrations filled up fast and it was like holy crap like if we don't like put some sort of cap on this like there's going to be 500 three pound robots here and we just kind of like even getting to the point where like we ran all the events last year with a lot of bots and i'm really proud of that and like it was safe there were long days some weird stuff happened here and there there was a lot of good times but like overall last year like was a really good year for us in the events um and just like i don't know it was kind of funny because like we ran into 2023 and New Year New Bots had like a hundred bots or something like that. And then the next event was like one fifty and then it got up to like two hundred and ten and it was like, geez Louise. But <laughs> that's pretty cool, and that's kind of why we're trying to grow and get out there and do all that this year. So but and I'm really happy with like all the work we put into like the button boxes and the ref terminal and the format scheduling. I think it's evolved to a place where this year. All the events should be very easy for competitors and spectators and staff i mean everybody involved mm-hmm. it should be like way more straightforward and make the days a lot more fun for everybody involved
0: we, we always have fun jimmy everybody yeah, at the desk is having fun all fun. day even
2: when i look like i'm not <laughs>
0: having
1: fun i am always having the most yeah, fun you have with. your laptop out you're having fun that's how you can tell.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're actually playing City Skylines the whole day. You're just trying to hide
2: it from everybody by running away quickly. That's like, I don't know, that's something people have to, like, know about me is, like, on those event days, like, I'm pretty, like, locked in. Like, I'm always, like, thinking about the next thing and stuff, and, like, sometimes I'm blunt and just going, and that is not anybody's... Like, I yell at you guys all the time and there's no reason to but it's just kind of like I'm going and like last minute like I think at All Stars Alex was downstairs at the cage and he's trying to tell me something I was like bro I haven't got it and I am just like did it and walked off <laughs> and I had to talk to him later I'm like I'm sorry I'm like I'm not like you were a great human but I was just like I got a thousand things and I'm going so uh,
0: are there any changes or things you really want to implement I have not yet gotten the chance to
2: um yes but it's on the horizon i've wanted to get our events on the road and this is a year where that is going to happen um i think part of our awesome growth last year is that we had to we had to make sure everything that was happening in norwalk was to the best of our ability to make sure that we ran the events well enough with that larger number of bots and kind of all the tournament integrity that went along with that. Um, just making sure that all that was as good as we could get it. it. took a lot of time and attention away from certain other things. But during that time, we were also focusing on this year and planning out these events. And that's currently what I'm trying to get taken care of. And it's going well. And I'm excited for this upcoming year. Yeah, should be fun. Cool. So that's the one thing I haven't done yet that I'm excited to do I,
0: I think we're all excited for uh away events I think it's a really it's gonna be really awesome uh yeah. I I'm sad that I probably won't be able to go to every single NHRL of the year just like I I have for the past couple of years yeah but it's I think it's gonna be awesome I mean, I definitely
3: can't go to every intro. I'm
1: going in
2: Jimmy's suitcase. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I was going in Jimmy's suitcase. You know, this year, again, last year, we kind of, we grew in a different way. And this, we grew within ourselves last year and found out who we were. And this year, we're growing outside of ourselves. And I think that there's going to be a lot of good things. There's probably going to be some things we can improve on, but this year is a big step forward for NHRL, and i think if we do well and people help us out we realize that some of these changes we're making such as like you know 96 or 90 wait yeah 96 three-pound robots that's 7 64 less than 160 like we're not doing that to be mean or anything it's just kind of when we look at everything we've done the last year and what we're trying to do we have to kind of like set these expectations and like plan out things and then go execute it so i think this year is gonna be it's gonna be cool it's gonna be fun we're gonna get out there and then i think that sets us up for a cool 2025 where i'm hopeful we can do more events in these areas and have like a whole big thing of events throughout a whole year so
0: I, I really think that the whole ninety-six bots thing oh. is really going to make events better in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of builders know that, and it's really just gonna make bring any drill back, especially the, and the Norwalk events, back to a level where everybody can enjoy being there in the day. It's not gonna take eight hours for you to get somebody in a cage. It's going to be, I think it's like, it's a step, it, it's a step forward into making an better for everybody attending from the people running from the builder side and also from people watching mm-hmm. it's it's just it's going to make everything better
2: totally and we have announced our like prelim format and all that stuff uh late last week and i think that exactly and you know there's a plethora of reasons why we did that um it's going to be better for the builder experience like you know um i think more controlled more spread out in both uh a, a floor plan sense like we're relaying out the pit so people are not going to be on top of each other there's going to be more space to move around it's going to be safer um and just through the day like Running that number of fights was kind of a miracle that we did that, you know, seven times last year. Um, And this should be less taxing on the builders. It'll be less taxing on the staff. So there's going to be better refereeing throughout the day because people aren't going to be, I mean, there's like a hundred or something less fights. Um, Judging should be better. Like a lot of these things should help us keep fresh. Uh, It'll know allow us to keep costs lower to invest in other things in the future such as these road events and from the other side as a spectator like being at the event it's going to be cool you're going to be able to follow there's still going to be a lot of fights throughout the day back to back all over the place and as a viewer online like it should be more consumable to them and not as all over the place and more straightforward like our new tournament formats pretty straightforward um everybody starts o and o and then the one and o's fight each other and the o and ones fight each other and if you win your first well if you win two out of your first three you're in the tournament and if you lose two out of your first three you're out of the tournament and so it's all easier to follow and it should make for like a really cool experience we did it at finals and i think everybody that was involved at finals uh said that that worked out really well and it allows us to communicate with the builders like when your fight times are like you guys saw i'm going to be on your asses like i will probably give you three fight times in the morning that you're going to have to hit and like those will be the times when you're going to be ready and we've mapped it out so well that like you're not going to fight like there's going to be a good amount of time between your fights um so it's not like there should be rarities where you're up against your 30 minutes at all at any point this season with this new format. So yeah, I know. There's a lot of good changes going. And I think everybody's getting more fights too. It's like,
4: basically, everybody's going to get these three fights now. Which when even you- in the double elimination, we didn't have. You get two at yep. most. So,
2: Yep. Right. And I got to give a lot of credit to Gil and Ed. They've come up with a really good registration system we know that there's a a little i mean like i said that's 64 less bots <laughs> but yeah but i mean it's kind of it's again i said this a couple minutes ago where it's just something we we feel like we need to do we need to try out for the betterment of NHRL and the registration should make sure that everybody gets a shot and we're taking this on the road so hopefully that can get more people involved And it's going to be a year of trying some new things and some growth, but I really think that we're going to head into 2025 and any worry about, I mean, there's going to be more events. Like it should be a really cool thing where you'll be able to fight robots often, somewhere.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, Um the next three questions you've kind of already answered because they're all talking about like the year (laughs) ahead and development of the competition i'm sorry (laughs) i kind of like i kind of like bounced around a bit (laughs) (laughs) so give Uh, time his secret question yep yeah we'll we'll, we'll do that because then we'll we'll talk about the year ahead and and then we'll be good because um because yeah, you you kind of answer Because the last three questions are how you envision the future of robot fighting competitions, which which you you kind of talked about, long-term goals talked about, and what you're most well, what are you most looking forward to in 2024? Sorry, Tony, I that's stole okay. your question. But <laughs> but that's that's probably the one that you can then answer, and then we'll let Tom, our our dedicated reporter, Tom, ask his secret Bazinga question. Uh, but what are you most looking forward to in 2024?
2: Yeah, so you're right. I have hit it all on the head and just to kind of put a bow on it is I'm excited to take this on the road and do this at different parts around the country. Um, because I think in doing that and we've seen it time and time again, we can get into these areas of the country, build a base of staff, build good relationships with venues and partners and schools and all sorts of stuff. I think that if we do a good job of that this year, then 2025 we can do more events in these places more often and where maybe it's say we have three or four places outside of Norwalk around the country that we really like and we want to like host multiple events who's to say we can do a Norwalk followed by an Ohio then a Florida then a Texas and California those are all just hypotheticals although (laughs) that's Like for 2025, but like, imagine we have five sites, including Norwalk, and we just go one, two, three, four, five, take a couple week break, and then one, two, three, four, five, three or four times a year, and then that goes into the finals, you built a league. And I think that there's some stuff ongoing that I'm a little bit more periphery to, but like the giving and the arena grant stuff, how cool would it be if we had... Cages all over the country where robot enthusiasts could go and hone their craft and practice and freestyle against each other. And then whenever we roll into town, they all come and fight at our events and have a chance to compete for our prizes at the end of the year. Like that's that's what I want to do, and I think we're on the right track to getting there. Um, a lot of work ahead of us, um, but I think we're making the right steps, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big fun year and. Let's just hope everything goes okay. My first event of the year was canceled, which was yesterday because of <laughs> snow and <laughs> so oh for 1, but let's hope the rest of them go good.
1: Okay, two more in January. Okay, go ahead, Tom. So, this first question is actually for Tony. What robot is that 3D printing head for? <laughs> <laughs> like, I really I'm like I'm really uh, it's in the head thing again. I'm teaching me art piece called Draining Creativity that I'm creating. Huh. So it's not a robot. It's not a robot. No. <laughs> Just... Okay, so Jimmy. Yes. Katie puts out a wonderful spread of snacks uh, both upstairs and in the staff room. Of all the snacks that she places out, which one is your favorite? And then there's a secondary question after this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. I like when we have chicken tenders, and I can just grab a couple tenders and run around and eat them. I mean, I mean like
1: the uh, like the prepackaged snacks, like the like the chips and the. Cookies oh, and dude!
2: Stuff. I go to one. I'm at 165 every day. Those are out. Like, I can't tell you how many like cheese sticks I've eaten, or like bags <laughs> of Doritos. <laughs> yeah, I like those.
1: And then as far as there's a good stash
2: of Starburst in the staff room right now that I like I walk past and I'm like, I'm not gonna not eat them.
1: So (laughs) And then for like the regular food, either the food trucks or the catering for the staff room, of all those, what would you say is your favorite?
2: Um I think whenever we get chicken tenders, I might have answered that question on the first because I misunderstood (laughs) it. But yeah, I like when we get the chicken tenders. tenders. And I had a stash of my own barbecue sauce at the office, too. <laughs>
1: so you had a stash of your own chicken tenders.
2: <laughs> Head country made on the Great Plains of Oklahoma, the world's best barbecue sauce. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that was your gotcha stuff.
1: question, that not Tom? An ad. That, that was That was the gotcha question.
0: <laughs> Jimmy, you got off easy. Sam, he's like, did you plant bread in the stands? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. figure <laughs> no, J- Jimmy,
1: Jimmy was How did you figure that out? stressed out enough.
2: No. <laughs> <I'm> not stressed. <laughs> but. No, I'm excited uh, for this. Like, uh. Actually, ahead, Maybe sorry. Jimmy can answer that no, question.
0: No, no, that, that's, no. Go Ask ahead. Ask me more. Why did
1: Red have a staff badge? What? Or a staff lanyard. When, when, when <laughs> he Red didn't first have a staff up, lanyard. He didn't Red have black a black lanyard. It was a
0: it was black, black
2: lanyard. <laughs> it might have fallen on the ground and he picked it up. Okay, okay. He's not like a, an inside man or She's anything. He's an inside <laughs> player, I know it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so that's all the questions that we had. Um are, are again renaming it hot take section. Uh I, I just wanted to really quickly, uh, because we are at, at time, um, yeah. just talk about the year coming up, and I just had three little points to hit on that, that we kind of talked about earlier. Um, what kind of mini-bots do we think we will see with the new rules concerning mini-bots? I think, Ryan, this was your question that you brought up, so I don't know if you wanted to nope, kind of... Oh, it was Tony's. Okay. Yeah. So what were you talking about, Tony, with, with the mini-bots? What, do, so you, what we, do you think? This year,
4: the minibots actually have to play an active role in the fights, and so they're not going to be just little toy cars and stuff like that. So I'm wondering, like, what type of impact like are they going to have we're going to see more active weapons on the actual mini bots and stuff like that so they're more a true multi-bot or going going well
0: i think I, interacting I, was perfectly fine with wedge bots as long as they were attacking and as long as they were keeping pressure on the opposing bot um but i mean I think anything people need to start emulating the drive style and the design of Brian Voxel. Cause like that's probably one of, if not the best many drives the hell out of that thing when he helps his dad. So yeah.
2: <laughs> do you guys have a mini or no?
0: So uh, that's, that's or a multi. So right now it's under consideration. However, it's kind of like a back burner consideration right now because it's Really, I think both of us are trying to be on, in weight. I have a spreadsheet <laughs> made completely of every single nut and bolt that is going into my robot, like everything down to washers going in my robot, and it calculates what the weight is at right now. It should be underweight at the moment. However, I would—I was thinking about having a mini bot because we are also having our younger brother and our father come with us, and they would both like to. Participate in some way so we were thinking about having a mini bot for them my my answer to the whole What we think mini bots will do in the season what I really would like to do I I don't think that we have January to do it But I think I would like to see more mini bots specifically meant for attacking the other mini bot because if the meta is that you're going to almost everybody who is competing is going to have their main bot and then a wedge or fork bot that's going to be helping them out then i would think that the perfect counter to that within the rules is hey why don't i build something that's going to destroy that mini bot and that's my mini bot is to destroy that other mini bot which counts for damage it counts for damage it counts for control it counts for everything like that so hey, there's a lot of uber competitive ants. Get an uber competitive ant, throw it in with your robot. Go after the fork bot or something like that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just think look at Johnny's good boss and everything he did at All Stars with driving yeah. the mini bot for Ray and literally just having mm-hmm. mini bot fights in the corner.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, do we think there will be any bots taking advantage of pneumatics due to the tank weight change? Yeah. I think so. I've heard of a couple, I think. If Air I know Ratfish that
3: isn't a m- mnemonic something, I'm going to be shocked.
0: That's going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I really I really hope we see at least a couple. Not enough that it's going to be a... Because it's also going to have to go through safety a lot. Um, <laughs> I would say that I hope we see enough that it's going to be like a, a factor. Like, a, oh, this is a pneumatic robot. But I can't see it being anything more than a handful okay. in a year. It, it's it's just such a higher level. And as far as my understanding of it, it's such a higher level beyond like Flame Bot that it's not like the easiest thing to ac- access for people. Like, I don't think you're going to see a high schooler build a <laughs> pneumatic flipper. Yeah. Right. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could be proven wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the final thing is, do we think we uh, know of, or think any new bots that will make it all the way to the end of finals this year? Um, do we know of anyone bringing a new bot that we know is going to be, um,
3: I'm eyes on Honeycrack this year. A hundred percent. Everything that Zoe, Liam and Cody are doing and bringing is just mind blowing um, Cody's been working really hard on a swerve drive in the 12 pound class.
2: Oh wow. Um, yeah,
3: so there's like a lot of incredible technology coming out of Maryland and Liam created an overhead saw, um, and then Zoe put a ton of work into Energizer, everything that they are doing, they are thinking about it. They are training, they are doing everything. And I am locked in. I have one of them. Fe- I have a feeling one of them's going to take it.
0: Um, awesome. I, I don't know how much public information Corey has put out, but I'm just going to say the word cobalt. Yes. And In I the think three? Ryan and Ashley at least both know what I'm talking <laughs> yes. about, but I will have my eyes on cobalt. <laughs> so. Yes, absolutely. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tony, what were you about to say? I'm wondering, like, I would like to see
4: a brand new builder. Like most of the people you've talked about have been there before and done things. Like, I'm waiting to see. I'd like to see a brand new builder make it to like the quarterfinals or something like that. I think that would be awesome, yeah. especially at the new bot event.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. New bots I mean, is fun. New bots is fun. I, I yeah. like. I, I think we're going to have. We're definitely going to have another, um, another episode before new bots event. So I won't go super into it. I think Newbots event is the most exciting event of the year for me, and it's also probably the most even event for me. And I really love the Newbot event. I think it's the best event that we throw every year as far as for robot combat. It's really great, but yeah. well, we could talk more about that when we're actually doing our pre-event thing. Our pre-event, and yeah, that.
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Makes sense. Well, I'm going to uh, make it extremely difficult for you. <laughs>
4: You're
0: having Jimmy sit at your table and just yell
4: at you constantly.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, And that, my fellow bot enthusiasts, wraps up another thrilling episode of Havoc Rundown. We've talked to Jimmy about the 2024 season and what to look forward to this year. Before we sign off, a massive shout-out to our incredible listeners. Your passion for robot combat fuels the gears of this podcast, and we're grateful for each and every one of you. As we power down for now, remember to subscribe, rate, and leave your comments. Let us know your favorite moments from today's episode and share your thoughts on the world of robot combat. We love hearing from you. Stay tuned for more electrifying interviews behind-the-scenes insights and the latest from National Havoc Robot League. Until next time, this is the Pit Control crew signing off from Havoc Rundown. Keep the sparks flying and may your gears always turn in your favor. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone.
2: (laughs) See you January 20th. (laughs) (laughs)